0: So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll get started this morning. Father, we're just so thankful for all that you've done for us in this hour, for this hour has been awesome when it comes to the appearance of the Word of God and how it speaks to us, and that the name of Jesus Christ is proclaimed in the gospel of hope, a gospel of love, a gospel of faithfulness, your faithfulness, your love, your hope, that we in and of ourselves shall believe that that word of God is true and that it is ordained from heaven and it is ordained for the purpose of transforming and transfiguring my mind into the mind of Christ. So, Lord, today we pray with all thankfulness, knowing that your grace is sufficient enough to save us all and that, Lord, we bow our head and we bow our knees unto a faithful God, knowing that what he has promised, what he has said, will be true in us, in Jesus' name, amen. So any specific thoughts working that you have had this week, based upon your communication in the body of Christ this week, anything specific that uh, you want to address? Sure, so Connie is talking about Gary's uh, taking us into Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, talking about the blessings and the curses, correct? So the blessings of God are great, but likewise, in unbelief or, not, or having a will not to know God, the curses, the curses are also great, and they trap the mind in thoughts that we really, if we, if we read them and, and even understand them a little bit, we're, we're like, well, I, I don't want to be that. I don't want that working in my, in my mind and yet we don't understand what it takes to allow the Word of God to bridge us from the curse to the blessing, correct? Does it take a way of life? So let's talk about, for just a moment, uh, emptying our minds. This is a conversation that Gary and Connie had in the house, and Connie asked Gary, so what does it take to allow the Spirit of the Lord to speak to us to to bring that understanding or bring that revelation and it takes the emptying of mind you cannot we you know what we busy ourselves with the aspects of flesh in our minds our minds stay extremely active or extremely busy in the aspects of flesh and what we don't understand is that it keeps us from hearing the word of god so in the busyness of the mind we think we're meditating on something and all of a sudden The familiar spirit begins to work because we're meditating on a mind of flesh and not on a mind of Christ. And so we have to literally empty our minds of uh, our fleshly thoughts. And this takes a great amount of practice. I will attest that if you may, I'll tell you what, if you're fortunate to get five minutes of emptying your mind to hear the word of God in the beginning, God bless you. I'm serious. God bless you. Because if the purpose is to empty the mind so that you can hear the Word of God and you get five minutes, you're going to hear more than you ever thought possible in five minutes. If if you can do it for ten minutes, God bless you twice. Fifteen minutes, God bless you three times. But when you learn to walk in it every day and let the... Christ, let the Word of God form in your mind the angel of the Lord, whom you are. Let the imagination of God begin to resurrect in you the power of God. You will be blessed with eternal life. Amen? Yeah, John. Absolutely. Right on. Because if you don't empty the mind... So John's. A comment was, uh, so you have to come to God with a clean slate, right? So the condemnation has to be gone because the condemnation is is not of Christ, right? Who's it of? It's of the man of sin. It's of the devil. So when I come to God, I'm not bringing that with me. Neither when I, if I call the elder to, to fellowship, I'm not bringing that with me. Well, you understand what I'm saying here? We take those things very lightly amongst ourselves and we should not because we are we are literally allowing God to recast our mind to where the mind of Christ is formed in us. So everything that we think we are, even though I mean, there's people in this world that have five and six doctorate degrees and they've spent an incredible amount of time and study of things of this world to be what they are and even that person has to come to god with an with an empty mind you cannot bring that stuff before the lord we were talking uh well i'll just say it this way when we were in twin falls uh we were talking with uh Jody's cousin, Brian, and what a wonderful time. That, the call of God's upon his life, and Brian's going to call Gary and find out more about what Gary saw when Gary said it. That's awesome. I think that's <laughs> those are times that uh, can grow us hugely if we'll give our mind over to Christ, right? So in approaching the call of God for our lives, the first thing we want to do is approach it from a fleshly standpoint. That's what we want to do. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget. I mean, I went out and bought volumes of books. I bought, um, uh, all, I bought books on Christian history. I bought commentaries. I bought uh, writings of this man and writings of that man. I, I mean, I had volumes of books. And I had them cast forth in my library. And, man, I'm going to become a man of God that nobody else has ever seen before. You know what I did with all of that stuff in the end? I got rid of it. Every page of every chapter of every book, I got rid of it. I don't even have it in my house. Because what I began to understand is that I looked at Peter, Andrew, James, and John, four fishermen, right? What did they know? You know what they knew? They knew that God was true in the Old Testament. They knew that the scriptures, they went to the synagogue every day for the reading of the scripture, every day, faithful to God. And they knew that there was a coming of the Messiah to save the world. And when the Messiah came, did they see him? Oh, yes, they did. They believed the word of God. So when Jesus came on the scene, who did they follow? They followed Jesus. Even to the point when Jesus was crucified. Even in the crucifixion, they denied him. Because they didn't want to be crucified as well. That was more than they thought they could bear, right? So Peter Peter denied him three times. Jesus told him he was going to deny him three times. In Peter's mind, Peter probably thought, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stick with you, God, because that's how Peter thought. And then after the third time that Peter denied him, what happened to Peter? What did he do? He remembered and he wept because he knew the Word of God was true. In his mind, he thought he was more powerful than the Word of God. That's us. We think that in our minds we're more powerful than the Word of God. I remember a time in my life when uh, the preacher was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and talking about Christ being crucified. And in my mind, I said, I said this to myself. This is the working of the familiar spirit. I said to myself, I would have never crucified the Lord. And yet, all of my life and in the generations of my life, how many times had I crucified Jesus Christ? And the answer to that is many. I was a liar. That's what the familiar spirit does in the mind. It's a liar. And it will cause you to believe a truth that is not the truth. It will cause you to believe a lie and turn it into the truth. Very subtle. Extremely subtle. So like when Satan spoke to Adam in the Garden of Eden, was he subtle? Did he change the Word of God into a lie and cause Adam to believe it? He did. We all know the story. I don't need to go read it again. He did. Does Does the man of sin still work the same basic principle of lying to us in the familiar spirit where we change the truth of God into a lie and believe it, and say that it, is, it that it isn't of ourselves. I have a revelation. That's how we preach it to ourselves in our own minds. And it's a lie. And the effects of it are great. Where do the where do the effects of it go? If it's working in the mind, where does it go? It goes into your world. It goes into all the world. And preaches itself. So now when the word of God comes. This is awesome. When the word of God comes. To create in you the world of God. Or the eternity of God in you. How powerful is that word. Going through all the layers of darkness. Going through all the layers of unbelief. All the layers of lies that we have preached to ourselves. How powerful is it when it begins to lighten the world and create the mind of Christ in you oh, this is and you know a lot of us will think well that's not hasn't happened to me yet don't believe that please you are set in a place today right now in this hour in this moment you are set in a place because the Word of God has come into your world lightened it to overcome all the darkness where you can believe that word and see the mind of Christ, to see the revelation of Jesus Christ be formed in you by the power of the preaching of the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, why would you be here? You have a hope in you that is beyond the workings of the man of sin. You have faithfulness to God working in you that comes from who? It comes from God. You cannot create it for yourself. Thus you know then that the love of God for you is greater than the love you have for yourself. And as you continue to learn it and to know it you will rise up. Michael I don't want to say you. Michael will stand up in you. And He will cause the angels of God to remove the dirty garments off of you and clothe you with new garments, put a new word in your mouth, a new mind in you. And you will faithfully begin to speak the Word of God that will cause your world to be saved. That's the power of every word that God speaks. Thus, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It has that power when we believe. And you are not here today because you don't believe. You are here today and listening today because you believe the word of God is true. You believe it has that power to create in you the mind of Christ. So let's look for a moment at the Apostle Saul, right? He was against God. He didn't know he was against God, but he was against God. How was he against God? What was his mind? He was religious. Did he believe in the law? But did he use the law to condemn Christians? Thus, he used the law to condemn himself, right? Isn't how isn't that how you use the word of God, John? <laughs> you use the word of God to condemn yourself. But what happens when Jesus Christ is revealed to you? What happens to the condemnation? It's taken away. Yeah, the blood of Christ makes you white as snow. Can you say amen? I I mean I remember as a kid singing those hymns. Right? Yeah, we could sing them all day long today even. They make us white as snow. In other words, there's even Scripture that says that when you believe in Jesus Christ and are covered by His blood, what happens to you? Do you not become a virgin again? In other words, your sin is not counted against you because the blood of Jesus Christ has taken it away. And if Christ has removed it from you, then it's forgotten forever. So that in the mind, you can become a new man, a new creature. Now, these things are not said lightly in the Word of God. Uh, That's why you look look at all the Bibles, or excuse me, you look at all the books that have been written, correct? Correct. And I mean, you look at the generation of writings of men. Book after book after book. They cannot help you when it comes to you being changed by the Spirit of God. Only God knows what you have need of. Only God knows how many hairs are on your head. Only God knows the thoughts that reign in your heart because He is the author of it all. Whether it be good or whether it be evil, He knows it all. And so when it comes to the evil, who can overcome it for you? Only God. Only God can teach you what evil is. And put you in a place where you now understand it and overcome it so that it can never come against you again. Now that's, even in that statement, we say more than what the religious world can even philosophize about. I believe it's in the book of Galatians where it talks about philosophy and vain vain deceit, chapter 2. Is that right? Let me look it up for you real quick. Colossians, I'm sorry, that was what I was thinking of, not Galatians. Listen to this. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are shadows of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So what's faith? Is faith the substance of things hoped for? Right? So the faith Belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you. Insisting on asceticism and worship of angels. Going on in details about visions. Puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. So we're talking to you about angels this morning, aren't we? But based upon the mind of Christ or based upon our own mind, based upon the familiar spirit based upon the mind of Christ, correct? And not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grow with a growth that is from God. If If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of this world, so, Jesus Christ, I believe in Christ, therefore I am dead with Christ, correct? I, was, I, I let the Word of God baptize me into Christ. So, with the Word of God baptizing me into Christ, I am now dead to the world. How many can say, Amen? Because it is true. So, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to such regulations? On the cross, did Jesus Christ remove the curse of the law? Yes or no? How did He do it? He got nailed to His cross, right? Shed His blood that every element of the law was now what? Fulfilled. Fulfilled so that in Christ, every aspect of the law, and we're not just talking about Ten Commandments, correct? We're talking about all the ordinances and everything that, all the feast festivals, all the things that were uh, compounded in the law by God. In Christ, it is all fulfilled. It is now known. It is now finished. It is now done. So that when you believe and walk in the Word of God, every aspect of the law is now what in you? is fulfilled. That's the power of the Word of God. So, in unbelief, we think that we're still subject to the ordinances of the law. By grace, I already know that in Christ, the law is fulfilled. So when I'm in Christ, I'm no longer subject to the law i am now subject to who jesus christ the word of god that's important to understand and know because that's what's happening in you by every, by every by every word that you believe in christ so if the if christ if with christ you died to the elemental spirits of this world why as if you were still alive in the world do you submit to regulations do not handle do not taste do not touch referring to things that all perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings. So, according to the teachings and precepts of who? Man. The doctrines of men. Not the doctrines of Christ. Jesus preached it in his Gospels. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting, now listen to this, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version, just so you know. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. That is a strong scripture. And, when, you know, when we when we submit and subject ourselves to the familiar spirit, that's what we are subjecting ourselves to. Because in the familiar spirit, the mind of Christ is not being made known. Whose mind is being revealed? Yours. Without God. And you love it. Can I say that again? Your mind without God is being made known. And you love it. You love it. And it sounds like God. The conclusions that you come to in your mind sound like God. Well, I'm having a revelation. Yeah, you are. You're having a revelation, all right. The familiar spirit is bringing you to a revelation that is not of Christ. And if you walk in that, you will walk in sin, in darkness, not knowing who you are in the mind of God. So this morning... Those things need to be said again and again for us, do they not? Why do I believe the Word of God? Because the Word of God creates in you the the creature that God designed you to be from the beginning. God did not create you to be a man of flesh. God created you to be a spirit, likened unto himself. Right? Let us make man. This is what God said. And he said it to his angels. Let us make man in our image. After our likeness. And yet when we read it in the fleshly mind, the familiar mind tells us that in this image, I bear the image of God. This image is not the image of God. God has an image, doesn't he, John? And God is light. And we talk about light. We're not talking about about lights like the light bulbs or LED or whatever. Not even like the sun. He's greater. And every angel of God is greater. Than our perceptions in the flesh. And only God can teach you and show you how great that light is. I'm going to go to the first John. Now it's interesting how this opens up because John saw it. That which was from the beginning. So where's where's John speaking from now? The beginning. It's amazing how every time God opens his mouth, it's to remind you of the conversation you had with the Father in the beginning. Not here. Not in this life. In the life that he set forth for you in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We can actually say it this way. In Jesus Christ, God created correct? Because without Christ, God created nothing. It's in Jesus Christ He created all things, including you. So when Jesus came to set forth His gospel in the earth, what was it to do? Take you back home again to the conversation you had with Him in the beginning. Thus, when Jesus ascended and gave gifts unto men, and told them that if they would pray and seek God's face, they would receive the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost would bring the remembrance of the conversation of the Father from the beginning. And they would remember every word that Jesus taught them in that conversation. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, not with your physical eyes with your spiritual eyes, which we have looked upon, have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it, and testify to it and proclaim to you and proclaim to you the eternal life, right? The eternities of God, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. Have what with us? And that, okay, so uh, you guys, you think about your lives, and uh, you get a revelation of how bad you are in the flesh, and call me up. That's the wrong fellowship. That's the wrong fellowship. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. (laughs) So are we sharing to you the weakness of our flesh, or are we sharing with you the power of the Holy Ghost? And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Why are they written? so that the apostles' fellowship can be complete or finished, perfected. So the fellowship of one to another is to do what for the people of God? is to complete them, finish them, perfect them in the mind of Christ. Wow. That changes us a little bit, doesn't it? So I'm going to close with that this morning. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So does God want a fellowship with you in darkness? Or does God want a fellowship with you in light that you might be changed? That way we do everything, everything in our lives unto the Lord. I don't care if it's physical. I don't care if it's Spiritual, I don't care what perception or aspect it is. If I love God and I'm walking in the light as he is in the light, I do everything, in the, even the most remedial things. I do them unto the Lord because God loves us. And in reciprocation, we love God. Don't you love it? God has ordained a good word for us, has he not? Let us walk in it and let the love of God shine in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.